Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Joining me on the phone from the band Buck Cherry, it is guitarist Stevie D. The latest album, War Paint, came out in 2019. If you haven't checked it out, do so as soon as you can. The band is touring all through 2020 and we discuss everything Buck Cherry, one of my favorite bands, as folks who follow me online might know. Uh, but before we get over to Stevie D, just real quick, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame uh, recently announced its uh, 2020 nominees. And uh, listen, I'm not even going to bother going over who they, they, they decided to put in the, uh, the hall this year. It is beyond... Uh, ridiculous, as as it is almost every year. Um, but I am going to say this. I'm going to share my list of uh, 10 bands that are missing from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm going to, uh, no particular order. It's a random order, but I still have to go from uh, top to bottom at some point. Uh, number one for me is Foreigner. Foreigner invented, if you want, sort of that arena rock. Uh, it, you know, the very sort of safe, rocky song that we all sort of love and, you know, bands like Brian Adams and stuff emulated later. And and their first five albums were on Billboard's top five. You know, to, to have a, a hit first album or a hit second album, I mean, you know, you look at Bon Jovi, they only became anything by their third album. So the first top album, the first... Five albums in the top five on Billboard's uh, 200 album charges, to me, is impressive. Now, is that the only reason why they should get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, of course not. But you look at the music, Jukebox Hero, Want to Know What Love Is, etc., etc. They are as part of the American fabric, American culture, world culture, as as any uh, song or as any band. Um, Anyway, number two on on my list of bands missing from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is Iron Maiden. And I know, Iron Maiden don't give a rat's behind about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but uh, it, respectfully, they belong in there just like, uh, just like Notorious B.I.G. You know, if Notorious B.I.G. is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, I'm assuming that Bruce Dickinson, Steve Harris, and the boys also qualify. Uh, number three, Judas Priest. They have been nominated twice, haven't gotten in, and of course the band are great heavy metal um, contributors, innovators. They they started the scene, they invented the scene, they invented the look. I think the, the, the leather and studs, honestly, that, that has to be uh, Judas Priest that came up with a whole heavy metal look, but you know, listen, we we can argue about that at some other point. Um, number four on my list of bands that belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is Duran Duran, and you're thinking, why is a rock guy talking about Duran Duran? Well, listen, I'm just making a list of people I think belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and when you look at the movement, the new romantics, and, and everything that was going on in the 80s, the, the advent of video, what they did with Rio and Girls on Film and some of those videos, that, that changed music, changed music television, and the albums and the look and, you know, the, the, the preppy rock of, of the 80s, that, that is all Duran Duran. So if, if again, 
uh, Notorious B.I.G. or Patti Smythe are Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Certainly. Certainly Duran Duran uh, deserves a nod. Uh, then I will move on to uh, Motorhead. Do I even need to explain? No, I'm just going to move along. Uh, let's get over to uh, number six, Motley Crue. Love them, hate them, whatever you want. Motley Crue deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I believe that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, part of its, if you want, mandate is that bands have to have affected culture, change things, become part of the cultural history of a country. And Motley Crue, with all their shenanigans on stage and off, certainly have changed the way things are perceived and, and taken in the rock and roll world. And bands that came after them certainly tried to emulate them. And you had older older bands like Kiss. You know, Motley Crue copied Kiss. And then uh, by, by 1989, and you know, Kiss was copying Motley Crue. The Scorpions. Uh, 50 years of rock, still delivering new albums, still delivering tours, still delivering high-quality, high-octane rock and roll. Uh, you look at Michael Schenker, Uli John Roth, and all the members of that band that have gone on uh, and are revered by musicians around the world. If you, if you don't think the Scorpions belong, I, I don't know how to convince you. They do. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne is in, of course, with Black Sabbath, but I do believe that his solo career is equally Hall of Fameable, if that's a word, and so Ozzy certainly belongs in there. Um, let's go on to a Megadeth. Uh, Metallica got in, and when we talk about those bands and that thrash metal or that heavy metal genre, it, you know, Metallica might certainly be number one. Uh, especially of bands coming out of the 80s scenes, Megadeth would have to be number two, you know, the big four. Now, do I believe everybody in the big four deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, absolutely not. Uh, if they get in, will I be upset? No, absolutely not. If if the other guys on the big four, you know, Slayer and Anthrax get inducted, bravo. Uh, you know, am I going to petition to get like an Anthrax? no. Great band, yes. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, eh, you know, I'll let somebody else decide that. Uh, and then last and not least, I am going to go with Huey Lewis and the News. And, and folks are like, are going to scratch their heads and go, well, what, what did they do? Um, you know, again, they sort of defined everything about the 80s. You know, that sports album, I Want a New Drug, the videos, MTV, uh, their effect on movies like Back to the Future, y you know, um, have they had an incredible output of albums? No, they're, they're limited in their output, but I'm going to go back to it. Did they affect culture? I believe they did. So therefore I believe they belong. And, uh, speaking of, uh, we belong, Pat Benatar was up for a nomination this year, did not get in, didn't make my list, but does she belong? Absolutely. And uh, here we go. Uh, let's get on to the uh, interview. Enough rock talk. Let's uh, talk some rock with uh, Buck Cherry guitarist Stevie D. Uh, well, here he is. The one, the only, Stevie D. We are speaking with Buck Cherry guitarist Stevie D. Uh, Stevie, as you know, big, big fan. Love everything you do. But as we say in Montreal, uh, bonjour. How are you? <laughs> bonjour, uh, Mitch Lafon. How are you, mon frere? Good. I am uh, I am awesome. And 
You know, I, I was telling you just off air, but I, I when I get into bands, I go down these rabbit holes where I make these incredibly obnoxious playlists of X amount of songs. And yours right now is sitting at 193 songs, 12 hours. And for the last month My or so, goodness. I know it's crazy. And I'm not done. I still got some... Uh, some uh, outtakes and stuff uh, that are going to show up soon. So it's going to be like a 200 and something soon. But I essentially play it. My goodness. It takes me Who about knew a... that we had that much material? I know. Well, there's all kinds of live stuff. And, and of course, I've, I have included uh, Josh Todd and the Conflict, uh, Spray Gun War, and uh, Josh's uh, solo awesome. album of 2003. But uh, let us let us get yeah. into uh, new stuff. And, and by the way, I have to say, okay. you know... Uh, um, not that this has anything to do with the band, but on this playlist, when you mix in the war paint songs uh, and, and they sort yeah. of, you, you know, you put them back to back with a lit up or a crazy bitch or some of the classic stuff, they they fit yeah. like a glove. They just slide right in. So so let's well, talk. To I, them. I think that the, the I think that was important to us when uh, the band, the band splintered that uh, when in the writing process, uh, you know, jo- you know, it was important to me to keep the uh, the uh, what was important and uh, key and the spirit of Buck Cherry and what that is in my mind and my heart and in Josh's mind, heart and mind, and 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 it, it was important to keep that intact. So, in in writing, um, you know, that that was definitely in the forefront of uh, the process. And then, you know, once we got like 10, 20 songs, then we started stretching out a little bit further um, because it's it, 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 it's hard to um, sometimes you in the process, you, you, you block. So we I started writing beyond that and then kind of reeling it back in once the song was. Uh, once we, I had the nuts and bolts of the song, then I would dial it back and and and, and kind of think about, okay, what's Buck Cherry about this, and uh, and 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 kind of do rewrites and and that and that kind of thing, you know. Well, listen, it's working. So, talk to me a little bit about the, the band sound. Now, of course, you weren't there in the beginning, we know, but when they came yeah. out of the box, everybody went, oh. Here's this rock band that has the, the, the grit and tenacity of an Aerosmith and a Rolling Stones. I started naming a lot of these sort of older classic bands, which there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But then no, you listen to... It. No, it's all right. It's great. But then you listen yeah. to, you know, uh, Josh Todd and the Conflict. You listen to War Paint. You listen to um, the F-U-C-K one. There's a bit yeah. of funk going on in there or... or modern day hip hop sure. in some of the songs talk to me about sort of moving away from that old school sound and creating this this whole new thing and is there a danger that if I you start getting too hip hoppy or too what that fans will go oh wait i like the aerosmith thing though but i i think here's the thing i don't know if it's so much moving away from uh kind of who we are i think i think it's just showing another side of you know what we've all been influenced by or we you know we're all you know fans of funk music and r&b and soul and i think a lot of the bands that were influenced by like the rolling stones or even if it's black crows or bands that have the rock and the roll you know i think they're influenced by uh r&b and soul music as well you know maybe uh 
ours might be a little newer. We, we like Prince too. And we like, you know, modern hip hop, uh, and, and, and old hip hop too, you know? So, um, I think now that, that the lineup has changed, that it kind of freed us up to, uh, maybe express ourselves a little bit more. I, there's different writers now. So, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think on the, you know, let's say crazy bitch when, when we recorded that, there's a funk element to that too. You know, there's a funk element to, uh, tight pants, you know, that was on the rock and roll album. So I don't think we're, we're, we're really getting, uh, it's not really a departure on who we are. I think we're just showing a little bit more depth, you know, than than we were. So let me ask you about uh, maybe not uh, departure from from the sound here, but let me talk about the other projects real real quick. You had Spray Gun War, and also yeah. Josh Todd and the Conflict, which was um, yeah. Why, for example, was Josh Todd and the Conflict not a Buck Cherry album? Because the band had changed, and, and essentially Buck Cherry is now you. And Josh, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a it's a great right. it's a great I, well, core. But when 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 Keith and Xavier left, um, we were in the midst of taking a break, and um, we said, you know, we were going to take a six month break because we had just toured too much, and uh, we exhausted all the markets, and um, it's difficult to go out, um, and the success that we had. And, and have those diminishing returns. So it was suggested, why don't you stay home, create, let the demand kind of go up again, and then you can start touring again. And, um, and at that point, uh, a couple guys left. So it was suggested to us again, well, why don't you uh, tour as, uh, uh, why don't you create some new music? Because Josh and I wanted to keep working. So write some new music go out and tour and uh, we'll do it under a different name. And uh, that's when Josh taught the conflict was born, you know? Okay. Now it was born out of that. Spray gun, the spray gun war. That one was created uh, solely as a, uh, a vehicle to create music for his uh, skate website. So he was selling t-shirts and skateboards and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and Josh came to me and said he wanted a different vibe. Um, you know, so we, it was all, it was done in hotel rooms and on the bus and, uh, you know, in my laundry room at my old house. So that was fun. (laughs) That's kind of fun. Uh, And there's a song on there called fury, which uh, if uh, folks haven't heard, they should definitely check out. And so, so that was, as you said, for his skater thing, was that then just yeah. it's five songs and I'll put it on my skater website and create some content and that's it. That's all. Yeah. Or do you see yourself going forward with it down the road and doing another five songs? Uh, I don't know that we're going to do, uh, you know, and revisit that anytime soon. We could, um, uh, it's just another, uh, I don't know, kind of outlet to be creative. Uh, if if anything, we were we would probably revisit the conflict again sooner than uh, Spray Gun War, yeah. uh, and that would Spray uh, the conflict was more is was our our chance to revisit our heavier roots, um, and then uh, add some electronics to it, 
um, and uh, and also you know stay a little funky, but it was more about being heavy, really. Well, for for folks that haven't heard the conflict, and and I'm gonna fanboy for a second, but that album is fucking brilliant. That song "Rain" is brilliant. "Fucked Up" is brilliant. The uh, Prince cover of "Erotic City" is brilliant. Uh, it, it's, yeah, uh, that was a labor of love. That's a great album. Okay, really, but um, go ahead. I was just going to say, so you, you mentioned you had exhausted the market with the tours, and that's why you had these opportunities. Um, talk to me about the marketplace for, for Buck Cherry these days, because I, I know we sat on a bus and we talked about the singles uh, for the War Paint album, and it was like, man, radio has just given us a fucking hard time. What do we do? How important is radio yeah. for you at this point? Because, I, you know, I, when I think of a well, band like Motley Crue or Kiss or Def Leppard, they don't give a fuck. They yeah. just go do what they do. Yeah, but they also came out at a time and had a success that was different than ours. So um, uh, they can go out because their catalog was so successful and their tour, you know, previous tours. I mean, those guys have all sold over 10 million records. You know what I mean? So it's a lot easier for them to go have a stadium tour, you know, which is awesome. You know, rock is still alive and selling out stadiums. Um, I think for us, uh, radio hasn't, it, it's important, but it, it wasn't, um, you know, it's not the answer for, you know, it, it doesn't need to be the answer for us because we also built a great touring business and we can still go out and, uh, and still, you know, sell out wherever we play, you know, um, it, it would be nice to have the radio support, but, uh, it wasn't necessary, uh, during the, uh, war paint tour. Yeah, it, well, it wasn't. All right. So let me ask you this. Uh, I have felt, and, and even yesterday, Eddie Trunk was talking about this, about bands that should have been bigger than they are. And I've always felt mm -hmm. that Buck Cherry is definitely an arena band and should be an arena band. And you're not right now. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, obviously. But No, what, no, no. What, I mean, we right. were, but, you know, things change. Right. So that so. Was, so what is the change? What 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 was the change? Is it just plain old marketplace, kind of boring, reread it in a textbook, kind of, well, the market changed? Or were there mistakes made along the way where you think, shit, we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we should have done this kind of song instead of that kind of, like, where do you think that... I mean, well, you can't really write to chase the, you know, what's going on out there. You can't, I, I don't, I don't think you're being, uh, I, I, you got to stay true to who you are. And I think Buck Cherry has never been, uh, a band that's kind of, uh, doing what everyone else is doing. When, when the band came out in 98, um, there was a lot of different, uh, music going on and and then 2005 there was a lot of pop punk uh happening like you know i mean back in the back in 98 there was a lot of bands that sounded like corn so you know for and, and and we've always been that rock and roll band and in in the in the eye of that all those storms so i think now you know, I kind of lost where, where I was going with it, right. but I, I think, you know, just staying, staying true to who you are, you know, is, is, is kind of what we've, we've always done. And I think and getting successful, um, has been icing on the cake for us. It really has. Yeah. 
All right, so let, let's stay to uh, sticking true, and we'll start going uh, talking about the new band stuff. But there is this collaboration with rapper, and I call him Wi-Fi's Funeral because that's how I see how it's spelled. But talk to me about working yeah. with him what? and redoing that crazy bitch and reworking that song, and I guess right. I mean, I, you know, I, sort of making it for the kids in a sense, right? Yeah, in a, in a way, you know, like. But, it's, we're not the first guys to do it. Aerosmith did it, you know, a long time ago with uh, Run DMC. So I, I, uh, I got together with uh, the, the idea. Josh has always been talking about it uh, for years. Like, like I remember hearing about this 10 years ago. And, um, and then Larry Mazer, our manager, brought it up. Uh, they kind of brainstormed. They got together with another... Uh, we, we first started talking about it with Sony and then, uh, and then, uh, we got with an independent guy and he, uh, he, uh, and Larry, our manager knew Joe Niccolo, uh, one of the butcher brothers in Philly. And he knew, uh, he had, he had a bunch of artists, uh, ready to go, but, uh, there was one up and coming guy who's blowing up on, uh, social media and on YouTube and Spotify, his numbers were th- through the roof. And, you know, to be honest, I don't, I, I don't live in that world. So I don't know who's popular and who's up and coming. And they suggested Wi-Fi's funeral. And this kid was killing it. You know, like I would ask my friends um, if they knew who he was and they, they were all familiar with him. And, um, and a lot of the younger set that I asked, they were all familiar with him. And then I went down to the video shoot and this guy was unbelievably talented, but now let me go uh, cycle back. Uh, we, I got together with uh, Joe Niccolo from, uh, he was a butcher brother from rough house records and uh, gave him a couple of different treatments of what B- crazy bitch could be like one slower BPM one, one, the same B- BPM is, is the uh, rock version. And uh, we ended up going with the rock version. So uh, went into some programming. Uh, Joe had his son uh, get in on the mix because he's he's uh, steeped in that world. So the end result was, in my opinion, something amazing. So you'll see on January 10th. I can't wait. And and by the way, you're right. I, I didn't think about the uh, Aerosmith uh, run DMC thing, of course, Public Enemy and... and uh, Anthrax, and of course, uh, recently yeah. post Malone and Ozzy. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's been going on for years. You know, people have been trying it. I, I don't think a lot of people were as successful as Run uh, Aerosmith and Run DMC. Um, I, I I know a lot of bands have tried. Like I think Snoop Dogg's done something with some rock bands. Uh, you know, I can I can honestly say that this version of crazy bitch is a legit hip hop song. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people that attempt it, it ends up sounding like a rap rock song. So, um, this one's just a straight up hip hop tune and it's, it's a little faster than most hip hop songs, but, or lately, but, um, I think it's uh, a killer tune. Oh, I, I can't wait. Now, uh, of course, uh, War Paint came out last year. Where where does that put us in terms of new music? Do, do you let it ride out for another couple of years, or do you get back in there and start thinking about the next new one? And 
And does the next new one also include uh, Mike? And I and, and I'll, I'll do my best on his name, but Plotnikov, I believe, right? The producer. Plotnikov, it is. Um, the, well, with t- in today's day and age, with social media making everything go by so much quicker, um, record cycles usually lasted, I'd say, a couple of years. You know, you could tour on a record for a couple of years, and it's. Now, I think right around now is when we released uh, War Paint or maybe in the next few months. But um, I think, you know, War Paint, we toured the shit out of that. Can I swear? Uh, I'm sorry, beep that out. No, uh, we swear toured away. on that for the, 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 the whole last year. And uh, I think we, 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 we did 150 some shows. We we're gone for 200 some days. I mean, that's a lot, you know. Um, so now, you know, we have, uh, Wi-Fi's funeral, uh, version of crazy bitch coming out. Uh, and then, uh, after that, we have, uh, a couple of, uh, acoustic songs. There's, a, there's just a, so much more, uh, because of social media content, um, that we're releasing that we're always doing something, you know what I mean? Whether it's touring or recording at home or, uh, you know, just filming something for social media. So uh, is Palatnikov going to be part of the new releases? I hope so. Uh, I think we're going to do, we'll probably do another full length record record by um, maybe uh, end of summer, maybe, but we're, we're, we're constantly working on stuff. And uh, these next few songs, we, we got something coming up. I can't tell you about, but right after Wi-Fi's funeral, we do have a couple acoustic songs uh coming out oh good well hopefully you'll make them hopefully you'll make them available on on some kind of cd so i can buy it i'm old school i need to own stuff i don't like air i like i like real (laughs) stuff oh let me just real quickly ask you about the album everybody asks you about of course uh, 15 uh that one that one relaunched the band the band had done what they did they disappeared they broke up Mm -hmm. they changed members and then you come yeah. in, Z- uh, Xavier comes in, Jimmy comes in. How yeah. how how much pressure did you feel coming into this band? And were you guys, you sort of three new guys, were you just three sort of studio guys, we'll see how it works? Or was there, no, <laughs> this is a team, this is a band. I, I can tell you this, there was not even a little pressure. You know what I mean? We were all friends at that point. Um I had, I, I just, uh, you know, I was in actually Josh's solo band at, uh, just before that. And, um, and then we were all at a place where we had nothing to lose. You know what I mean? I think we all locked arms. We all had the same vision. We we're all on the same page and we locked arms and we started working towards this goal. And I, and I, and initially chief came to me and he said, he asked me if I wanted to do a show uh, with Buck Cherry, uh, at the key club. And I was like, yeah. And then we got into a rehearsal room and it sounded amazing. And, 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 and he said, we're going to start writing songs. If you want to do this, bring your rent money on Tuesday. I believe that's how it went. So it was that matter of factly. So, um, yeah, there, there was no pressure because we were kind of in a place that there was, uh, you know, there, there was nothing riding on it. 
you know what I mean? It was just like, we were kind of at this place where we could do it or not, or, you know, and, uh, there was no record company, uh, or there was, you know, there was no manager or nothing, you know, it was just five guys in a room. So, you know, go figure. Go figure. Thing blew up. Oh, it, huh? it completely blew up. And that's, <laughs> that's where I became a fan. I, I you know, I, when, when Lit Up came out and, and for the movies and Lawless and Lulu and stuff, I, I was still yeah. very dearly holding on to Def Leppard and Bon Jovi, which I still love. <laughs> but 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 I didn't want to let yes. go, and so it's like oh it's the new mm. band fuck the new band right. But by the time right. fifteen came out, if, if, I mean forget yeah. that attitude. The songs were like next to you. Uh, everything is is like an yeah. all time favorite. The music was yeah. just so good yeah. that even I the old do. guy had to go. Okay, fuck it. This band this band's good. <laughs> you know. I mean you know like look there's room for everybody. You know what I mean? It's like a lot there's just room for everyone so i don't know like hanging on to uh, you can still listen to all that stuff you know you know buck sherry came by and you know put us in there too you know you you have now so let me ask you this real quick uh before we we start wrapping up but the band has done a lot of different covers a lot of different styles you've gone from Elvis Costello with Pump It Up to Aerosmith with Mama Kin to uh, 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 Beast of Burden to Erotic City, even though that's Joss Todd in the conflict. Uh, Talk to me about about the the, the songs that you choose, because they're not necessarily always the big hits, but they're the songs that are very important to that artist in a sense, right? Yeah, like, well, there there was, we did, had like a whole, it was like, that was pretty big for us, you know. Um, I think... I think it's, it's, it's an homage, you know, I, I think it's stuff that we like to play, you know, we, we don't always, when we got into a rehearsal and we don't always play Buck Cherry stuff. Sometimes we, you know, to get warmed up, we start playing riffs from other people. That's how we, you know, learn to do what we do is just by playing other people's music and I, and it's fun. And then there's no pressure, you know, um, sound check we do the same thing so i think it's just it's more uh it's just a fun way to uh you know go into a day playing music now recording it um i think it's 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 just kind of the way it's it's it is right now A, a lot of bands cover music and put it out you know what i mean and it gets successful or not you know but i i think you know, we do, we've done, uh, kind of the deeper tracks. We've done, um, the hits from other people. So it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all labor of love. Listen, I, I can't complain. I mean, your version of rock and roll damnation is, is fantastic. I do a, I want everything for, uh, what, the, the Sammy Hagar, uh, um, uh, who's the other guy who yeah. did that song? It was Sammy Hagar and, uh, Rick, Rick Springfield. Springfield. Hey, your version is better. Yeah. I love your version of Highway <laughs> Star. It's, it's you know. Um, right, right. That was the fun one, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. There's a great video for that, too. I know. It's, but, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, and I think we're going to do some of that this year. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, easy to, it's, it's easy to do. And there's really no pressure in doing it. And it, there's, because of social media and here today, gone later today, 
we can put it out and uh, it's just fun content keeps people connected. I fully agree. You can do that all day long. Uh, I, I will ask you uh, yeah. just real quick. Uh, Josh has mentioned that there might be a 15th anniversary reissue of 15. Is that still on oh. on the plate? Uh, I don't know anything about it, but oh, man, anything's possible. You know, I don't think it would take a, a lot to, to reissue that album. Plenty of bonus yeah. tracks lying That's around. Cool. Uh, and then uh, for, for sure. fans that were listening earlier, you mentioned Larry Mazur. And for those keeping score, he, of course, uh, managed Kiss during the Revenge era in 92 and uh, Cinderella yes. for a while as well. Uh, does he tell you a lot of Paul Stanley yeah. and Gene Simmons stories? Does he? <laughs> he also he managed uh, no, Lamb of God, I've, too. You know, like I've, I've, I've got um, a few stories on, uh, uh, I mean, he managed Pat Benatar um, he's mentioned a few stories about Cinderella, but a lot of times, you know, like he's like always on the go, you know, so we don't, we don't sit down and talk a lot. Like he mentioned stuff. Oh yeah. I managed them like Lamb of God or Breaking Benjamin or, or so-and-so's crazy or so-and-so's awesome, you know, but it's mostly a buckcherry business all the time, you know? Good. And, and, and then I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to give you some dirt on Gene or Paul. But I, I don't really have any. No, you know. but, but he, except for the you know, the stuff that I saw when on tour, you know. Oh, that's right. You did that tour in two thousand nine, I guess it was, right? We did. We did a few tours with them. Right. Um, in fact, the whole Live and Loud yeah, album did. is from that tour. Yeah. Is 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 that? The, I wasn't sure. Is that or Motley? Well, uh, uh, yeah. hmm. I'm trying to think. But yeah. It, it, well, it was all recorded, and most of it was recorded in, in Canada because you'll say, hey, Calgary, and hey, Edmonton. So <laughs> I think that was on the KISS tour, actually. Are you sure? I thought, Maybe I thought not. it might be um, Crew Fest. No? Hmm. I don't remember. Hmm. hmm. Hold on. Long, this is, uh, this is a, why we a have... a long time ago. This is why we have computers. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Buck Cherry's live album blah, 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 was recorded in Medicine Hat. Yada yada yada. No, it doesn't say what uh, what tour it was. I was I was convinced it was opening for Kiss, but I I definitely could be wrong. I will go uh, check that. And there, and there were, you know, we've toured with both um, right around the same time as each other, and uh, so it could have been. It could have been. You know, could have been. Either way, it's a great album. It, it, it works yeah. out. Uh, and then uh, a last word here, just real quick. On, on the new members, you, of course, have uh, Kelly Lemieux, who uh, spent some time working for Dave Mustaine in the Project MD45. Uh, you've got uh, yes. Kevin. You've got, And, of course, uh, Francis Ruiz, who used to uh, drum tech for the Mighty Slayer. Uh, how is that band yeah. coming together? And I have to say, and no disrespect to Sean, who played on the album, but... The way Francis yeah. approached the tracks, fucker's got, he's in the pocket, man. He, he's nailing yeah, that he's stuff. A, he's a, he is a monster. He's a godsend. He's one of the nicest human beings you've ever met. I can't say enough good things about that guy. I mean, he's, he's helped me in my personal uh, life. Um, just like, you know, I, I was going through a rough patch earlier, uh, 2019, when we were in England, he was, he's just a solid guy. You know, I mean, he, on top of being, 
you know, an, a monster player. I mean, he's played with Motorhead. Uh, he's played with a, a, a bunch of different people. He's also teched for a bunch of people like Scorpions and uh, Slayer, Slayer, yeah. and Black Label. You know, and everybody, you know, across the board knows that he's a, a solid human being. Kelly. You know, he was with, you know, like Dave Mustaine, but he was also with Goldfinger for a number of years. He's played in Fear. He's um, he's played with everybody, even to Paul Gilbert, you know. Also, Kevin, uh, Kevin Rentkin. He we were friends from way back in the day. All of us were. Um, we had all drank, sat around and drank at my uh, mine and Josh's old apartment back in the early 90s. Uh but yeah, Kevin, he's been, he was in, in uh, a huge band in England. Uh, and then he was also, more importantly, part of this band called Soul, uh, who's going to be coming out with something uh, later this year. Uh, but yeah, he was in a band called um, Goldsboro. And uh, so, yeah, and he also fronted a band called American Pearl that was out in about, uh, I think it was around 2000. 99, 2000. So yeah, all solid players, all professional and all great human beings, you know, that we've known forever. So, yeah. So no, anyway, the, the, the band sounds great and, and everything sounds great. And so of course, uh, fans should check out uh, Buck Cherry, check out war paint, uh, great new yeah. album, which came out, I guess, uh, what was it in March? Uh, hmm. Let okay. me see, let me see if I can recommend songs for you. All right, here let me let me recommend these ones. Uh, Back down, bent, radio yeah. song, jungle love, and uh, if you can get yourself the uh, the Japanese import uh, kamikaze as well. There you go. Those are my recommendations. Yeah. yeah. And uh, on that, uh, I will say merci because we're we are at half an hour. And uh, oh, I'll just say this about Francis: uh, he played with uh, C.C. Deville in Samantha Seven back in whatever it was ninety six, ninety seven. That's when I first met him. And like you said, okay. he he's been a solid guy. You know, he he's kept in touch all these years. We we did some whatever Samantha Seven interviews, and he's just stayed in touch all yeah. these years. And he's for me, I, I just. I know that he was happy teching, but I know he's yeah. happier playing, and it's just nice yeah, to see yeah, him in his. Yeah, right. He's in his happy place in, too. In his, so. in his element, when he gets behind that kit, man, I there, there's there's few guys that um, really come to life like he does. You know what I mean? And it's just like it, it's he's a monster, and I fucking love that guy. So, I love all these guys. Well, let's just hope that the uh, the band stays together in this new formation. Uh, I know there's always the the few straggler fans that say, "Well, it's not Buck Cherry without." Well, okay, maybe not. But this is a new Buck Cherry. It's a great Buck Cherry and live, which is where it matters. Yeah, you deliver. Yeah. every fucking time. I think I saw two shows or three shows yeah. this year. I'm ready for another yeah. thirty. Let's go. You know. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, fly out. We're, we're going to do a string of L.A. dates. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. I, the, the more Buck Cherry, the better. And, uh, you know, I, I can't complain. And I'm trying to figure out where you were playing in 2009, but I'm not getting any success as I type away here. But I will figure it out. Let oh, fans. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. I, I have the, it's I, probably, you know, and it's probably Kiss because 
if it's 2009, it was probably Kiss and Motley. But, you know, we did yeah. a string of dates. Uh, we did tours in, in Canada with Motley. So just before that. So I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. The great mystery. Let, let me know when you find out. All right, here, hold on here. Let's, let's type in Buck Cherry 2009 tour. Let's fucking figure this out. Oh, it doesn't tell yeah. me. It says Buck Cherry and Avenge Sevenfold. Buck Cherry. Ah, oh, forget it. I will. I will figure it out later. But the, as we That's say, that's another thing. I mean, it could have been while well, we were headlining with uh, Avenge Sevenfold. Oh, here it is. Yeah. All right. Let's see. No, Buck Cherry, Avenge Sevenfold, Papa Roach. That ended in February, and these were recorded in March. So whoever it was in March two thousand nine, I will figure it out and let fans know. On that, sir. Uh, thank you for for doing this. Always a pleasure. And yes, uh, anytime. And I'm happy to support the band anytime. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward thank to uh, so Wise Five Funeral. And I'm very excited that now that you said acoustic stuff. That's like now. Now I'm all excited. yeah. <laughs> we're now filming I'm... it uh, over. At, we're filming it over at uh, the Gibson House in the Hollywood Hills. So we'll we'll do that Friday. I'll send you a link as soon as I get it. Oh, fantastic. So there you go. And uh, merci. Have a good day. All right, man. Thanks, Mitch. Talk soon. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.